Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. with women who inspire us. The three of us together have a lot of experience discussing real issues that affect real women. Now, we're giving you a chance to actually hear how we talk about the topics in the newsroom behind the scenes here on the Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast. On this episode of Oklahoma Women Want to Know, this might just be the perfect topic for an Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast. We're talking about powerful women, all shapes and sizes, from a trucking company owner, to an artist, to a nurse, all of it. And we have the woman here who started it all with a documentary that's now a magazine called She is Tulsa. We're going to have her introduce herself here in just a moment. But first, I'm April Hill, and I am the midday anchor and news director here at 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm Jen Townley. I'm co-host for the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. And I'm Crystal Kelly, a reporter at KRMG. Okay, if you could introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Nicole Barton, and I am the founder of She Is Tulsa magazine, like it was originally a documentary um, and a photo exhibit. And so I've been a photographer for about 15 years, and now I am the um, everything of this this magazine, She Is Tulsa. Okay, tell us about the documentary that at Circle Cinema, you said? Yeah, it debuted at Circle Cinema. I actually, I'm, I'm from California. I'm from the Bay Area, and I lived in L.A. for three years before I came here. And when I came here, I felt like um, I was really searching for, um, I guess, like a really cool representation of the women here, you know, or like a woman's group or something that I thought really spoke to the diversity of women here and like the cool things, like culture that's going on. Um, and I wasn't really finding what I pictured. And so I kind of decided to kind of create that myself. I think um, coming from where I'm from, when I told people I was moving here, I got like people were really surprised. You know, um, they're like, what? Where Tulsa? Where's that? Where is it? It's it's Arkansas. It's and you know, people didn't know where it was or they had these like misconceptions about Oklahoma. And so I was like, I really want to make something that's like this cool visual representation. And so I um, filmed uh, all together. I think it's like 70 women in total. Um, and across the range, all kinds of just cool. We had a woman who had a nonprofit circuit circus company. And so she taught circus to youth that, um, you know, were at risk. Um, and she taught them trapeze and all. I mean, there's just so many cool women. So I filmed that um, and it screened at the Circle Cinema um, in 2022. It was two part documentary and photo exhibit. So the women's photos were in their gallery space for a month. And then the the film was watched there. Um, we had a red carpet opening night, and it sold out, and it did great. I hate that I missed it. And it like so much fun. It's the Hollywood experience, you yeah. know, here in Tulsa at Circle Center. It was amazing. And now you had the pictures up in the gallery. We were looking at the pictures online, and they are phenomenal. How do you get that inspiration for 
what person you're going to put into what type of picture. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to like a, a lot of my inspiration is drawn from like Annie Leibovitz. She shoots for Vogue and Vanity Fair. And I love how she does. She'll take something, whatever a woman does, and she'll just elevate it. So even if the activity might be something that might seem a little simple or or even rugged, she'll just add this layer of luxury to it and make it fine art. And so um, whenever I'm on the phone with a woman, when I reach out to somebody that's applied and I'm talking to them, I really just try to think about the ways that we can create kind of portraits within a portrait. So like, for example, one of our ladies um, is a personal trainer and she makes her own her own nutrition bars handmade in her kitchen with all these natural ingredients. And then she trains down in her basement. So she's got this whole like wellness thing going on in her house and her bars are really good and and all of this stuff. And so when we shot her, I shot her at her house in her gym. But so I put a backdrop up in her home gym. So you see a photo of her. She's in this really gorgeous trainer outfit, but then there's a tool ball gown skirt and sneakers, and she's in front of this backdrop, but we can also see what's around and behind the backdrop. So we see her Pilates machine here. We see a punching bag, but then there's this beautiful backdrop, and then there's her in training gear, but this beautiful gown. So it's just this balance of like her being really feminine and really beautiful and, and feeling really celebrated. But then there's also this, like, you can see that she's very fit and she, her muscles are well lit and there's a punching bag. So I just like juxtaposition, like all the pieces of a woman, you know? Okay, so you did the documentary and then you decided that was over. So you started the magazine. Yeah. Kind of continue it. Because right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people were like, well, we want to hear from more women. We want, and, and they wish they could have heard more from each woman in the film, but because of time constraints, you can only get like a little bit, a little bit from each woman. And so I thought a wonderful way to just continue doing what the film did um, would be the magazine, because now you get a little bit more about each woman, you know, because we have a two-page spread for each of them, and so um, there's more information in there. Um, And it's easier to now kind of follow a woman in a magazine because their social media is in the article and things, and so it just extends. I feel like it becomes more communal with a magazine publication. How did you choose the women? was there um, a limit on how many women you wanted to feature, say, in one edition of the magazine? And how did you choose them? Yeah. So I don't usually go over about 35. Um, and how I usually try to compose an issue is that um, I look at the applications that have come in. Come in? That's not a word. <laughs> I look at the applications that came in. Um And I'll try to include women that may have some relevance to something going on currently at that time. So, for example, like Domestic Violence Awareness Month is this month. And so we've got a couple of women in this issue that are in different pieces of that women who are counselors or women who have been, you know, in terrible situations that they got out of. And so sometimes I'll choose women based on that, you know, some sort of a theme for the magazine. But then other than that, I'm really looking for women who have maybe a unique um, career that's not super women-centric, maybe it's hard for a woman to get into, or somebody that's doing something really wonderful in their community, like a philanthropist or somebody at the nonprofit. Um, you know, so I'm really just trying to keep in mind in a complete issue, I want a woman opening up the magazine to no matter what, be able to find a woman that they either relate to or can be really inspired by, can say, okay, if she did that, I can do that, or that could be my next step. So that's kind of how I'm choosing women. And I never see them before they come into shoot. So I don't know what they look like either. So it's not about their size or their, you know, what someone might consider conventionally attractive either. That's also part of this is the women are all over 40, you know, and I don't I don't know what they look like before they come in. So you said um, all of these women are over 40. 
Mm-hmm. You have no idea what they look like. It's mm-hmm. just w- what they're like in black and white. So when when they come in, what's the feel like when you're doing these photo shoots? And yeah, what's it like? Yeah. So um, most of the women are nervous when they come in. They're really nervous when they come in. But really quickly, um, I, I kind of describe it to people. It's kind of like when you go to the salon you've been going to for years and your hairdresser knows you really well. And you probably know a few of the ladies that are in there. Or if you don't. Pretty quickly, everybody gets kind of friendly, kind of chatty. Um, It's a very social environment. The women come in and we're putting their favorite music on. My hair and makeup team are incredible. They're super personable. They're so fun. They're really good women. Um, And by the time women leave, nine out of 10 of them are like, they say that this has been one of the best experiences of their lives. You know, it's a day they'll never forget. It was so much fun. Um, They see themselves in a way that a lot of us it may have been a long time since we've had something like that for ourselves, since we've had permission to um, even be celebratory of ourselves, to talk about the things we've accomplished, because sometimes it can feel like you're not being humble. So to be recognized and have the permission to be recognized and come in and get pampered, like so many women say, man, I haven't had this experience since I got married or my senior pictures or, you know, it's been a really long time. So we goof off. We're, you know, joking. We're teasing. Um, music is on. We're moving. Um, they're being guided through all of their pictures. And, you know, I'm showing them back of camera as we go through. And by the time they leave, they're just, um, they feel incredible. Now, you said pampered. Do you do their hair and makeup? or? Yeah, we have a professional hair and makeup team there that does everybody that comes in. So they call, they get a welcome packet after they get booked in and it tells them everything what to expect. And on there it says, you know, just clean, moisturized face, second day hair, wear something really comfy that you feel good in so you can just sit down in the chair and relax. We put their music on and turn it up and we're chatting and asking about themselves and catching up and they're just getting a gorgeous makeover. When women are applying for this, I know there's a lot of women that say, you know, they don't want to brag on themselves and stuff like that. But when they're doing that, they're not just bragging on themselves. They might be inspiring somebody else Mm -hmm. to do something. Yes. Do you feel like that's kind of a weird balance? Yeah, I definitely think it's a weird balance, especially a lot of women say that they're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm shy or um, I don't want people to think I'm full of myself. Like being in a magazine makes me think I'm I'm full of myself, you know, or I'm I think too much of myself. But um, what I always say to those women and what I say to any woman who, because even in business, sometimes women, I'll talk to women who don't want to put their accolades on their website. You know, they don't want to brag about the competitions they've won or where they've placed nationally. One of our women um, works for Merrill Lynch out here and her team um, at Merrill Lynch here placed like fourth in the entire nation um, for their performance. And she doesn't have that anywhere online. And she's like, oh, well, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, I'm bragging. And I'm like, it's not bragging. Um, it, it's it's incredible. It's exciting, you know, for another woman to see you in an industry that's male dominated, killing it because that makes me know I can kill it too. You know, see, sometimes you have to see um, someone else doing the thing you wish you could do and hearing about it and her experience and what she went through to get there to understand that you can. You know, it's very validating, and that's what I tell women is like you're validating another woman by coming on here and telling your story. You're going to inspire somebody. Um, you know, also make somebody realize that their experience isn't so different. Sometimes we're going through something really bad and we're ashamed about it because we think, oh, man, nobody else is going through this, you know, Um, and somebody else is. So for all those reasons, it's important to tell your story. I think it's more of telling your story than bragging. I don't look at it that way. How many editions have you had with this magazine? The issue that's dropping tomorrow is the fourth issue, and we've already started shooting the fifth. So it'll be a year in December. It'll be one year of the magazine. 
So it seems like there's a lot of amazing women right here in Tulsa. There are a lot of amazing women. There's a lot of ways women. And it's funny because um, every time we have a red carpet, um, when an issue drops, we have the big red carpet party and there's like 200 people there. There's always, you know, we hand the magazines out there. That's the first time they see it. And there's always women looking at other women on other pages and going, shut up. No way. We have a woman that does that here. You know, there's a woman doing it. I've never heard of this. This is so cool. You know, like, where is this from? Where has she been this whole time? You know, so um, there's every single issue. I'm always surprised by somebody I talk to. That's what we were doing in the newsroom when and I went through on the website where you had the women and it was just all of their pictures. And then you click on each individual picture and it has a synopsis of who they are and stuff. And it it was such a wide range of careers and accomplishments and just some really cool stuff that you just wouldn't think of, like the woman who owns her own trucking business. Yeah, that's the rodeo queen. She's yes, a rodeo, rodeo queen. queen. Yes, that's what you know. Is. She's been a rodeo queen for for years and years and years. And now she teaches other people to ride. But she owns a hotshot trunking company. And I was like, what? OK, that's really cool. This is a great story. And she's right next to someone who was a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. Who, who was doing stuff for the community. Yep. And then it's next to an artist. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just had, it was a nice cross-section. Yeah. yeah. Of seeing what women can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel like you've been received doing this here? I've actually been received really well. I I, um, I was worried about that a little bit. And I know when I first launched um, the original documentary and um, the the photo exhibit, there were a lot of women who ended up, and even my hair and makeup artists ended up telling me later on down the road they thought I was a scam um, because it's an L.A. phone number, um, you know, and a lot of my work is clearly in Los Angeles. Like if you go to the website and stuff, you can see these are Cal- a lot of them are California shots. They're beach shots. They're all these things. And they're like, there's not some woman here from L.A. shooting a documentary. <laughs> you know, it's a, this is a scam, you know. Um, but eventually after, I think because... Um, the website you could see you could google me and you could see i'm clearly like a real human being if you needed to double check it so there was enough credibility there that i was able to get some momentum and and then once word of mouth spread it was okay um but i know at first people were a little worried just because of the out of town component you know and they're like here you're doing a documentary here it's screening the circle center Mm, i don't know you know but once people started to trust us it's actually been it's actually been really great so why did you choose here why did i choose here well you know so we were Living in L.A., um, my partner and I and our kids, we were from the San Francisco Bay Area, but we were living in L.A. because he was working in the film industry. And then while we were there, he was flying out to Atlanta a lot to work because they have a booming film industry now. So he was frequently going to Atlanta to work. And so um, we were looking at Atlanta to move out that way. Um, And on one trip, his brother in McAllister um, called him in Atlanta and said, when you're done with that production, why don't you come see me? You haven't seen me in years. It's a short drive from Atlanta. You can just drive up here. And so he did. And so he came and he um, just kind of spent a few days here and he went to Black Wall Street. And this was right before the centennial um, and walked around there and he just started learning the history. And then he found out about the film incentives here in Oklahoma that Oklahoma is courting the film industry. So he comes back, you know, and I'm like probably four months pregnant with our third baby. And he's like, yeah, it was really great. You know, we should go, we should go check it out. We should bring all the kids. You know, there's all this rich history. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. We can see your brother. And then one night I woke up in the middle of the night and found him on Zillow looking at houses in Tulsa, you know, and I was like, what's, what's that? What's, what are you doing? You know? And so he actually talked me into it. He was like, let's just go for a year. Um, and see how it goes. And then if we don't like it, we'll just go to Atlanta. It's like that much closer. We'll just hop on over, you know. And I was like, OK, I'll, I'll give it a year. And so I moved here uh, pregnant on New Year's Day in 2021. 
with all my kids and we gave it a shot. So that was that was the film industry, probably ultimately the history in the film industry is like what ultimately brought us here. That seems to happen a lot in Tulsa that mm-hmm. people don't know much about it. Yeah. They come here and then they just fall in love yeah. with it. They're like, it. oh, this is pretty cool, actually. Like, that should be our on. motto. Yeah, that should be our <laughs> logo. It's pretty, pretty cool, cool, actually. Come on here. That's all stuff. We should totally reach out to like the tourism department right. and, and just run that by them. Like, no, picture t-shirts. Something yeah. better than Oklahoma is oh, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually pretty cool. So what do you think of Tulsa now that you've been here? Yeah, I actually like Tulsa a lot. It's interesting because I I do miss home. And for me, home is the Bay Area. It's the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I definitely prefer Tulsa over Los Angeles. Um, I know a lot of people, especially young people here, are like, why would you ever leave L.A.? And I'm like, listen, there's lots of reasons. Um, you know, so I definitely like it here better than L.A. And I think... Um, when people think of Tulsa, a lot of people just overarchingly think of Oklahoma, you know, think of the whole state. There's this kind of vague, you know, people not from here. Mm-hmm. There's this kind of vague understanding of what's even here. And Tulsa is just like this cool little funky pocket of city. You know what I mean? In Oklahoma, it's not like a huge city, but it's still a city. So it's still got like city things to do. There's a downtown. If you want like kind of that city living, you can do like a condo, you know, in downtown if you want to feel like, you know, a little more urban. But then there's still all these other experiences around. You can still get a country experience. You know what I mean? You can still have mm-hmm. land. You could still do all of those things. So it's kind of a cool little cornucopia of things to do here because of because of it being Oklahoma and being like country, what we consider country where I'm from. Right. But then it's still like this little cultured city here, this little, you know, oasis. So like, like all those other women, you yourself are trying to balance a career mm-hmm. with children. Yeah. Do you find that most of those women have these big, powerful jobs, but they're still moms? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are moms and a lot of them um, definitely relate to that feeling of, you know, wanting to be really successful in a career that they're passionate about and they love and enjoying all the things that come along with doing really well in your career, but also really loving to be a mom, you know, and um, everything that comes along with that. Um, And a lot of them, too, with being okay with their balance that they have in place between motherhood and their careers, but maybe worrying about judgment, you know, from other people about, are you spending enough time with your kids? Are you too worried about your job? Are you, you know, are the kids getting enough? Should you be at home more? So um, that is one of the things we talk about in a lot of the articles is women will talk about how they found that balance. Or even um, we have women in there who chose to stay at home. They left careers at really good because at some point, they stopped worrying about what other people were thinking for a long time. It was like, oh, I should be working. I should, if I'm just a stay-at-home mom, is that enough? And they came to realize that just authentically, that's what they really wanted to do. And they made that decision to stop worrying about judgment and stay home. And so I think that's what I love about the women in here is a lot of them, they're, over, they're all over 40. And so they've reached a point in their life where it ceases being about how it looks to people on the outside yes. and more about like what really makes me feel good every day to wake up and do and screw what anybody else is, is saying. And I think that's important to read about. I think women in their 40s are different. Mm-hmm. When I was young, you know, it was kind of like, well, I don't know, what are other people going to think? And now that I'm older, I'm like, Shh, who cares what people think? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think that has really boosted a lot of women in their careers. Mm-hmm. Do you find that self-esteem tends to be higher oh, yeah. than women over 40? Oh, absolutely. Because I, like I said, I've been shooting for 15 years. And when I was in LA, I shot a lot of headshots. I shot commercial work. I shot models. Um, and without a doubt, for the most part, the women that are younger, even the women that are models are much more self-conscious. 
you know, these women who are getting paid based upon their looks, they're still very self-conscious, they're very critical, you know, of themselves and their choices and their reputation and how they look online and things like that versus those of us over 40. Um, I think we might have a, a little bit still residual, a lot of us of, you know, like, oh, we're getting pudgier or maybe our face is not, you know, we're wrinkled or kind of this aging thing, which I think, too, partly plays into the fact that a lot of publications and advertisements and things don't focus on women over 40, which would normalize the aging experience and celebrate it. Um, but other than that kind of that little piece, women over 40, I think, are far more they're far more comfortable. You know what I mean? When they get in front of a camera, um, when they see their photographs, even usually they're less critical. I mean, overall, of course, there's outliers. You know, there are women who have a harder time. But um, there is a lot less of just giving a crap. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, this is who I am. And I like it and I'm here and it's to be celebrated. Before I turned 40, I was a victim of that. I stayed in an unhappy marriage for mm -hmm. years just because I was worried about what other people would yeah. think if I got another divorce. Finally, I was like, I've had enough. Yeah. I got to go live my life the way I want to live my life. And I still get teased up here. You guys will tease me in the newsroom. Oh, April, her third marriage. No, <laughs> just laugh about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't had one yet. <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah, see, unmarried. What What's going on over there, right? Like, the judgments. The judgments. whole other podcast. That's a whole complete. Yes. But it, they judge you no matter what. You know what I mean? Unmarried, yeah. divorced, whatever the things are. Somebody's going to say something no matter what, right? And it's just nice. Like, the three of us can really relate to everything that you're talking about because we're all over 40 and we're all trying to juggle families and work and life. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm, I'm very interested in checking out all of these women. I, you know, I've, I've looked at it and I glanced at it and I was inspired, but I'm really wanting to see a lot more of what they have to say. We're going to deep dive now. Yeah, I was just going to totally do that. Dive. Deep dive. Okay, so tell us where everyone can find you, how they apply, yeah. things like that. Yeah, so the um, on the website, sheistulsa.com, are um, the women laid out that were in the, the women you're talking about where you can click on them and they open it up and it gives more details. Those were my original women in the documentary. Those are the ones featured in the film and the art exhibit. So they're on there on sheistulsa.com and the documentary is there too. Um, and then all of the past issues of She Is Tulsa, you can read for free on the website also. So you can open them up on the website and thumb through them there digitally, all of the magazines. Um, and the application is there as well. So all of the things related to the magazine are there. So you can apply to be featured. You can subscribe. So you get updates when the issues drop. We also hold events um, several times a year. And some of them are private because there is a private group, too. So all the women that do She Is Tulsa, there's a private Facebook group and email list. And we do a lot of things together continually as a building community on the back end. But then we do some public events, too. We do things where we invite women in so you can subscribe and, and be a part of that larger community. Um, and then as far as photography goes, I shot you know, I shot everything in all of the magazines and all the exhibit. Um, and then so I do shoot privately and that's NicoleBartonPhotography.com. And so that's my website with my portfolio and stuff separate from She is Tulsa. Okay. I'm admiring your finger tattoo. It says smile. Oh, yeah. So when I'm taking your picture, I see the, you know, my, you see the my trigger fingers got the my camera trigger fingers got the smile on it. That's for people. fantastic. Thank you. That's right. awesome. Thank you for coming in and talking to us today. Yeah. Thank we'll you for having me. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of Oklahoma Women Want to Know. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thank you for joining us once again on Oklahoma Women Want to Know. Tune in each Wednesday at 5 a.m. for the latest episode. And don't forget to drop us a review.